0: Oh, secrets. I need some sound Phil. So. All right. He's working on it. Am I on? Yeah, I'm on. There I am. All right. New soundboard. They're for, they're trying to figure it out. So, secrets. Oh man, when you hear them, you think, "Well, that's kind of an interesting secret, right?" So, I went out and found this It's actually it was started out as um uh project by a man, um, an artist by the last name of Warren. He started this thing called Post Secret. I don't know if you've ever heard this or seen this, but it's now a Facebook page. He has like events and stuff like this. He thought it was an interesting idea. And so I went out and grabbed a few of the secrets that I saw. See, aren't you really interested right now? You really want to know what people's deepest, darkest secrets are, right? Uh, You don't want yours to be known, but you want to know what other people's are. I know, I get it, I get it. So I got a few of these. Some of them are funny and silly, like this one. I pretend that I recycle when I have house guests. And everyone laughing right now does this. They know, yeah. I eat dog treats. Nobody here does that, I guess, because they didn't laugh. I cannot clap on the beat. These are secrets that people are posting. see, they're funny, they're silly, right? How about this one? Honestly, I'm glad the weddings I had in 2020 are canceled. My friends were getting expensive. That would be a secret you want to keep to yourself, right? And then they get a little bit more serious. Here's one somebody said, I've chased a six-figure salary my entire career. Now that I have it, I realize how hollow slash worthless I feel. Wow. I'd say that that's a pretty, a little bit more serious secret, right? How about this one? My job is to help people who are hurting. I don't know who to tell that I'm hurting too. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. How about this one? Some people plan vacations. I plan my divorce. That would be a pretty heavy secret to carry around, wouldn't it? And how about this one? I think I'm the only one who hasn't forgiven me for being a teen mother. I don't know how. You, don't, you never know, do you? These are real people who go out who don't feel like they can tell their secrets anywhere, but they do here because it's anonymous, right? And then they can get even worse. I started running to punish myself for her death. Now I run in places that I would have wanted my stillborn daughter to see. Each step is a step I want her to take. These are real people writing real secrets that they have. And this one, I'm scared that when I die, I won't know what's happening. I'm equally scared that I will will feel myself slipping away and I won't be able to hold on. That's a fear that they have. And then this one, it makes me feel better to know that if things get bad enough, I can always kill myself. Somebody needs to reach out to them, huh? And then this one, someday I will stand here and celebrate that I didn't jump. Secrets. People have them. Until you go through on this post-secret website and you begin to read the postcards and the secrets that people have posted, um, sometimes you just kind of go through your life and don't think that people think these things. People don't have these concerns. People don't have these secrets. So Postscript was a blog that was founded in 2005 by an artist named Frank Warren. Uh, It's now a Facebook page, Instagram account. He has events and things like that. And what exactly is it? Like I said, it's a place where people can post their darkest secrets in secret. Warren thought that we all have secrets that we don't tell anyone. He thought they... He needed to create a space for people to tell the things they could not tell others. Post-Secret was his idea to give people an anonymous place to do this. And when you go on there and read, there are things from sexual sins to destructive habits to silly things like, you know, I pretend to to, uh, recycle when I have house guests. Those are silly things. Let me ask you a question. If you could fill out a postscript card today, right now, what would you confess? What would be your secret? What would be the thing, and you don't have to say it out loud, trust me, we don't want to hear it, right? What would it be that you would say? What are the darkest secrets, the most detestable thoughts, our deepest struggles that we have? Now let me ask you something else. Why don't you share those secrets? It's kind of obvious, right? Why aren't you going around telling everybody everything that comes through your mind, or that you think, or everything that you do? Why do we keep the secrets and why can't we tell anybody? Why do we keep them to ourselves? Now I'm not suggesting that you should go and share your deepest, darkest secrets with everyone, Please don't go out and post these things on Facebook, right? That's not what I'm saying. But why don't you tell anyone? Why is telling even one person so difficult? It's because we're afraid. But of what? What am I afraid of? I'm afraid that I'll be misunderstood. I'm afraid that I'll be rejected. I'm afraid you won't accept me. I'm afraid you won't embrace me. I'm afraid you won't love me. So it's easier, we think, to keep our secrets so that we don't go tell and get rejected. And the truth is, we all have this need and desire to be loved and embraced and accepted. We want that. We need that. And so it's just easier sometimes to not be completely honest with everybody. And the truth is, we all have secrets. We do. Anybody not have a secret? You're lying. We all have things that we think. You all have things that you've thought about me that you'd never tell me, but you thought them. And I have things I've thought about you that I would never tell you because, no. But we love each other. But we all have secrets. We all have thoughts and actions and feelings and relationships and behaviors that we would rather just keep to ourselves because it keeps the peace. We all have things we hide about ourselves. We keep people in the dark so that they can't see the real me. And we do that because we keep secrets so people will accept us, embrace us, love us but what they're really accepting and embracing and loving is sort of a false you. It's not who you really are. Because you're hiding something. We don't want to be ostracized in our circles of friendships and families and our communities. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be misunderstood. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be left out. Nobody wants to be on the outside looking in. And if you knew what I thought, or you knew what I've done, or you knew what I struggle with, then you might not let me in. You might keep me at arm's length. You might judge me or think differently. We fear that if people knew, they wouldn't accept us. But here's the problem with that. The secrets, the secrets, I think there's a slide for this. Everything in the notes in red letters is a slide. I forgot to tell my wife that. Michelle has COVID and John have COVID, so hopefully you pray for them. But they're typically back there, but Michelle was in the ER last night struggling. Um, I have not heard today how she's doing. I'm assuming she went home where they kept her, but the Adams family has COVID, and, uh, and just keep them in, pr- in your prayers. The secrets we keep... Never get better in the dark. This is the problem with keeping secrets. This is the problem with trying to have relationships and be in community and be, you know, in intimacy with people. This is the problem is when we keep our secrets, they can never get better in the dark. We need to bring them into the light, but can we do that and still be accepted and loved and embraced? So what I want to do this morning is look at a miracle story in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 39. It's a miracle story. It's a story about Jesus and his first disciples and he goes to Peter's house and Andrew's house and there at Andrew and Peter's house, they call him Simon but Jesus later renamed him Peter, the rock. Um, Peter's mother-in-law is sick and he heals her and from that Jesus begins, the whole town comes to the door, and Jesus begins to heal them. And and I want to bring something out of this story that we don't always think about. Sometimes we get focused on the sick and the demon possessed and the miracle and the healing, and we get focused on that, and we forget what Jesus is actually really doing when he heals people. So I want to dig into that. But today, our scripture Jesus is continuing his ministry. We're in that beginning of the book of Mark. Jesus has now been baptized. He has now heard from on high. John the Baptist has been arrested. Jesus begins his ministry. He begins to work miracles. He begins to teach. Uh, As he's teaching, people are coming to him with problems, real problems. And now they're going back to Capernaum, to Peter's house, to rest and relax and probably have a party and celebration. And just everybody say, hey, look at our newfound friend Jesus. Jesus. And all the while, Jesus is still not letting the demons he's casting out speak. Jesus is not letting the demons say a word about who he is. They know who he is, but he tells them, shut up. Don't you say a word. We know who you are, they say. And he says, be quiet. And they be quiet. And they shut it up. It's an interesting thing that's happening. It's this secretive motive motive really of uh, of mark that jesus is sort of this mystery guy through the book of mark at the beginning we see who he is he's jesus the son of god the messiah god in the flesh who's come but everyone else in the story is kind of like scratching their head who is this guy and jesus is continuing his ministries continuing to do these things jesus wants his identity be kept a secret but why And I want to suggest to you that Jesus is not afraid of being known. Not like you and I. We keep secrets because we don't want people to know the truth. (laughs) We want people to love us and accept us, so we'd rather just keep that to ourselves, because if you knew, you might not love me. But Jesus isn't being secretive because he doesn't want people to know him. He's being secretive because He doesn't want us to put an identity label on Him that's false. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of all things, the Creator of all things in the flesh. But the people had another thing in mind about Messiah. They wanted a political leader. They wanted to assign Him this kingship and take over the Romans and rule the earth and all this in their way. And Jesus is like, I'm not ready to quite be fully revealed because you're trying to make me something I'm not. But as I go, in Mark, there's only one place that Jesus is headed, the cross. And they couldn't understand that even toward the end when jesus and peter and his disciples are around the fire and he's like who do you say i am peter's like you're the christ the son of the living god okay good now i'm going to jerusalem they're going to kill me and peter takes him aside and rebukes him right even later in the book of mark they still can't understand why are you going to jerusalem to be crucified that doesn't fit our image of you our identity who you we think you should be so jesus is secretive about this okay And he's keeping it to himself. But along the way, as he's headed toward the cross, he is delivering people. He is bringing the kingdom of God. He is bringing the kingdom of God on earth. And he is delivering and saving and healing people along the way. Mark chapter 1, verse 29 starts like this. And immediately he left the synagogue. And he entered the house... Remember the synagogue? This was the place he did his first miracle in Mark. He cast out the demon from the, from the man that was there. And he relieved, released and freed this man. And now they've left the synagogue. And immediately they go to the house of Simon, who is Peter, and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law, which would have been not unusual for a multi-generational family to live in one house lay ill with a fever. This is important. For you and me, that means nothing, right? For you and me, to have a fever, it's like, yeah, COVID's going around, we get the flu, we get fevers, and we have medicines now, but for them, in the first century, for someone to have gotten a fever was a big deal, and I'll explain that in a minute. And immediately, they told Jesus about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And I'm using the English Standard Version because it's a little bit more of a literal translation. Maybe your NIV says he picked her up or something like that. But the actual word means he raised her up. And this is a more literal translation. He lifted her up. She was bedridden, she was bedstruck, she was down and out. She could not get up, she could not move, she couldn't go to her guests, she couldn't take care of her household. And here are these guests, these special guests are coming and she could do nothing. Because her sickness and her illness had bedridden her and put her down. And Jesus comes in and he takes her by the hand. He doesn't even say anything. He just raises her up and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. Another important point. So the guests are coming for dinner. Peter's mother-in-law, she can't get out of bed. Her illness is keeping her down as a Jesus does the most compassionate thing he could have done. And he goes to her. And he sees her condition. And he wants her to be a part of what's happening in the household that day. He wants her to be back in the mix of her family. Her hospitality gift that she had to wait on people and care for them and take care of the household and to feed people. This was a gift she had, she could not use. And Jesus had compassion on her. And he reaches down, and he lifts her up, lifts her up, and he makes her well and heals her. And what does she do? Immediately she joins the party. She gets out of bed, gets herself ready, and she goes down, and what does she do? She begins to serve. And Mark uses this word, the akoneo, which is a Greek word that means to serve. And you say, well, why is that important? Jesus, Mark wants us to see that Jesus' ministry is about making disciples. Jesus touches and heals and frees this woman so that she can be a better disciple. She serves. She serves Jesus and she serves others. Mark wants us to see in this little short narrative that Jesus is healing people and their immediate response is the appropriate response to begin to serve Jesus and others. Discipleship is very much about being restored to our intended purpose. Discipleship is about being renewed. It's about following Jesus and being healed and restored and made whole. It's about getting back to the original purpose and design that God had for us. Not to be weighed down, not to be knocked down, not to be knocked out by something that was not supposed to be Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God to earth and in the kingdom of God God's people are whole so what kept her from her family in celebration of Jesus's visit is now powerless over her verse 32 That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. They knew who he was. So there's more healing that's happening. So he heals... Peter's mother-in-law, word gets around, did you hear what happened? And so now the whole town comes to the door. Y'all know me, I would have said, go home. Get away. This is my time. I'll be out there, I'll be out there tomorrow. But no, Jesus begins to heal again. This time he even begins to cast out demons again. Another popular miracle in the book of Mark because Mark wants us to see that not even the darkness has power over Jesus. Jesus wants his identity to be kept secret, but I noticed something about those that are coming to Jesus, and this is really what I want us to see this morning. These people who are coming to Jesus are hurting. These people who are coming to Jesus are suffering. These people who are coming to Jesus have probably been to all the doctors all of the possible remedies that they could have possibly come up with in that day. They've done everything they could, but they begin to come to Jesus. Maybe he can help. They too, though, listen. All of these people who are coming to Jesus have secrets to keep. Yes, they are sick. They are oppressed. And we often think when we read these stories about their suffering, about their illness, about their physical condition, their mental condition, their spiritual and emotional condition. But their pain goes deeper than just the physical and the emotional and what's happening with the disease and and the oppression in their life. Say, what do you mean? What could be more serious than being sick, Right? being sick and ostracized because of it all of these people came because their condition ostracized them from the community they were pushed to the fringes of their community they were not allowed to come and be normal people with the normal people they were not allowed to come and participate in the normal community events the families even pushed them aside kept them hidden kept them a secret because they didn't want people to know that they had sick people and demon-possessed people in their family. Why? Because in their culture and in their idea, they thought that this was a curse. This is a punishment from God because of their sickness, because of their sin. They they believed that it could have even possibly been the sins of their parents. That's why you're suffering because your parents were really big sinners and you're suffering for this. You see that these people who were coming to Jesus didn't want to just be made to feel comfortable. They wanted to be restored back to the community in which they were ostracized from. (laughs) Demon possession was a sure way to be pushed to the outside of the fray. To the fray. No community. No communion with those in the community was allowed. Their pain was not just physical, it was not just emotional or mental, but it truly was relational in a lot of ways. You and I, when we get sick, we go to the doctor. We hug one another and care for one another and feel bad for one another, but when they got sick, it was like, what's wrong with you? There's something wrong with you. Why is God punishing you? Why is God doing this to you? You need to go and pray. You need to go do this. You need to go do that because God obviously is making it really difficult for you right now because if things were good for you, then God would be happy with you. But because things are bad for you, God's not too happy with you. Their pain. When Jesus healed them, though, he wasn't just relieving them of their pain and suffering. But Jesus, when he healed somebody or delivered them from a demon, he actually was restoring them to their place and their family and their friendships and their relationships and their community. They were allowed to be fully alive because Jesus touched them. Because Jesus healed them. He was restoring them to their created purpose. He was recreating in them this lost image of God That was gone from them. We were not created to be alone. We were not created to be forgotten. We were not created to be unaccepted or unloved. We were created to belong. And when there's something in our lives that makes us not belong, we hide it. When there's something in our lives that we're afraid of, That somebody will not accept me. Somebody won't embrace me. Somebody won't love me. If they only knew, they wouldn't allow me in that place. (laughs) That's not Jesus. We have a built-in mechanism that Jesus says you belong. And if there's something that's keeping you from belonging, I want to take care of that for you. I want to heal you. I want to touch your life. I want you to bring those secrets into the light so that you can be restored and renewed. Jesus created us to belong, to be embraced by a community, to be loved, to be whole. Jesus not only makes them whole, but He accepted and accepted them back into the community, but He frees them to have a life that is full of possibilities. Jesus releases them from their secret-keeping ways. They don't have to hide in the shadows anymore because they've been touched by the Creator. Jesus gives them a new lease on life. They are now free to follow Jesus, free to discover these possibilities and to live a life that is full. Jesus, Mark ends his section of this scripture with this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a solitary place where, they, where he prayed. And Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they, uh, they proclaimed, exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! <laughs> seem that way today does it those who had been freed and relieved and brought into the light and restored made healthy and whole again word got out and everybody wanted to look and find this Jesus let us go somewhere else (laughs) now he's talking see Jesus I knew Jesus and I were a lot alike To the nearby villages. And so I can preach there also. Listen, this is why I came. This is why I have come. So that I can not just stay in one place, but I want to go tell everybody the good news. I want to go and tell everybody about the kingdom of God. I want everyone to be free and restored and healed. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Question for you today What secrets are you keeping? What secrets do you keep that keep you from living fully and free? we keep secrets because we're ashamed and shame keeps our true selves hidden nobody wants to show the real me if i'm ashamed of the real me you need to come out of the darkness and into the light you need to be one of those that goes to the front door of simon peter's mother house to see Jesus. You need to come to the master. You need to come to him and open up your heart. But that is the part of the problem, isn't it? Who can you trust with such risky information? You need someone who loves you completely. You need someone who knows all of you, including your failures and your hurts and your secrets and your insecurities. You need someone who who has the power to set you free to speak the truth about who you really are. You need someone who can heal your brokenness, bind up your broken heart, restore the life that is going out, the relationships that you were meant to have. You see in Mark, this is who Jesus is. He is this guy. He's the guy who's compassionate enough to know all your secrets and yet still embrace you and heal you and touch you. This is who he is. He sees and knows everything and yet has compassion enough to reach down into those beds that we lie in, unable to move, unable to get up, unable to live the life that God has intended us to live. And he reaches down and he raises us up. It's funny that Mark actually uses language that's almost resurrection-like. He resurrects us. He heals us and brings us up from where we are. He takes our hand, he raises us up. Jesus looks into the deepest part of who we are. and He loves us. He speaks truth to the lies that we tell ourselves. The wounds and the sins that have brought us down. He calls us by name and He says, Rise up and be well. Get up off your sickbed and be restored. Take your place in an embracing community of faith that loves you and accepts you and embraces you. You are restored to the family of God. You are restored and renewed in the image of God. You can be a child of God. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. Do you see what Mark is telling us today? He's telling us this. Jesus saves. He saves. Not just the forgiveness of sins, not just a ticket to heaven, but Jesus truly saves us. He heals us. He restores us. He takes the brokenness and He makes it whole again. You say, well, I want that. Can I have that today? Yes. And for the rest of your life. Jesus is a healer. a Restorer. He restores us, renews us, loves us. Jesus is the one who tells the demons to be quiet. Therefore, He has the power to do this for you. He has the power to help you, those of you watching online. Jesus saves. He heals and restores and brings us back to what God intended us to be. The bottom line for us today is this. You will never be fully you until you believe the one who created you. You could say it another way. You will never be fully you until you follow the one who created you. That's what I'm asking you to do today. That's what Mark is asking all of us to do. To submit our lives to Jesus and begin to follow the one who can make me whole. The one I can tell my deepest, darkest secrets to the one that I can go to and let Him be completely have complete control and openness in my life to Him. And He will begin to restore you back to a community that will embrace you and love you. This is the church. And help you be where it is God's called you to be. Amen? I want to pray for you and then we're going to close in a song that's going to help you. And what I want you to do this morning, I want you to make this decision. I'm going to begin today to follow Jesus. If you begin to do that, you will begin to see your life change. If you come to Jesus and you say, I want to know the One who raises people up from their sick beds," I want to tell Him what's making me sick. I want to tell Him what's hurting my life. I want to tell Him about my sins and about my struggles and about my ups and downs. I want to tell Him everything because I know that He can be trusted and He has the power to turn that around in my life to something good. If you're that person today, if you're watching online, there's a way for you to raise your hand. If you're here today, I want to encourage you to just say this prayer as we sing this song. Father, you say who I am, and I believe that. And I want to follow you today. If you're going to make that decision today, afterwards, I want to talk to you if you want to come up to me and say, hey, I, I made that decision today. I want to get you started down that road following Jesus. Amen. Typically in a time like this, we'd call for decisions and have you come forward, but you know the COVID thing. You can, we're going to sing, and then we're going to dismiss you this morning. Intro.